37, and I am going to read there about, uh, about 10 verses or so. Ezekiel chapter number 37. We're going to start reading in verses 1 down through verse number 10 in your Bibles. When you arrive there, say amen. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. And he also said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came in to them, and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, now, Lord, is the moment, Father God, where we focus all our energies, Lord, on hearing what the Spirit wants to say this morning to the church. God, we thank you that there's a word, God, that you have for us to teach us how, Lord, we can access the things of the kingdom that we can bring heaven down right here on earth where we are, where the kingdom of God and wherever the people of God are, there you will find the kingdom. And so, God, I pray this morning, as usual, that you would infuse me with power from on high. I pray this morning, God, that as I preach this word, that, God, it will fall on good ground, transforming lives for eternity, forever, for your word is forever, forever settled in heaven. We thank you, Lord, in advance. We thank you for the proclamation of the word of God, and we thank you for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit that will impart it. We will be imparted here in this place today. We thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence this morning. 
I want to begin this message this morning by, um, first of all, I want, to, I want to thank everyone that participated last week in our anniversary uh, weekend celebrations as we celebrated five years together uh, doing ministry. Uh, we had a blast. We laughed. We talked. And God really um, met us last week. And um, Bishop Gay wanted me to uh, send um, his uh, thanks for the hospitality that our church gave last week. They came and they drove the same morning all the way from Petersburg so that they could minister to us. And, and he was very, very delighted and he wanted me to pass along thanks. So, and I want to thank you on behalf of Highway, but also thank you as your pastor here at Foundation. I had never been more proud of you than I was last weekend. I thought that God really met us in an incredible way. And if you were here, and I've taken most of us were here last week, uh, Bishop Gay had referenced some things that we had been talking about. For those who don't know, we have been preaching a series on faith. Everybody say faith. Come on, y'all got to do better than that. Everybody say faith. faith. Hallelujah. Faith is what we have been talking about. And it's ironically enough, for those who know, Bishop Gay had referenced faith, and he talked about the fact that God doesn't respond to our tears, and God doesn't respond to anything but faith, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so God was really, in essence, preparing us for this season. How many know that when we talk about, how many you want God to move in your life? Come on. Can I have a short, who, who want God to move? Well, in order to get God to move on your behalf, on, your, on our behalf, we got to believe him. Everybody say believe. But as important as believing is, how many know that you must also speak? Everybody say speak. Your speech is very, very, very important as it relates to your faith. In fact, one of the things I've seen people do oftentimes, I've seen people do this. I've seen people say a prayer, and, and then they'll say, God, I'm believing you for this, and then we'll turn, stand right back up, and we'll go out, and we'll undermine the very prayer that we prayed by canceling it out by saying negative stuff. How I many you know what I'm talking about? Well, God, I believe God. I believe God you're going to provide. And then you get up off your knees, and then you say, well, Lord, I hope you provide. How do you know that's a contradiction there? How do you know that we must speak? Your, your words have power. Your words is tremendous as, as it relates to your faith. And so as we've been talking about faith, we've been talking about the fact that the just shall live by faith. We talked about faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we had we put emphasis on the fact that if we really want to grow, how many want to grow your faith? If you really want to grow your faith, you got to begin to compound your mind with the things of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the, so the question then becomes, what am I filling my mind up with? Because if I want more faith, I got to feed my faith. Are you with me? I got to feed on the things of God. So watch this. As I begin to feed on the things of God, you know what's going to happen? It's going to begin to change the way I talk. It's going to begin to change my speech. Last night we had an opportunity. I referenced this at the beginning. We're talking about words this morning. The title of my sermon, for those who love to keep notes, is Connecting Your Words to Your Faith. Last night we had an opportunity. The uh, pastor, Tammy Smoot from Church on the Rock, she said, she gathered together a bunch of pastors, and she said, I want y'all to declare some things over the city. She said, I just want you to pray, and I want you to ask God, and I want you to stand on that stage and begin to release 
faith in the atmosphere. So people begin to stand up and we begin to declare what we were believing God for. How many know that declaration is important? Because, listen to me, what you say out of your mouth can, listen, it, it, it sets the temperature, it sets the atmosphere. So if you really believe God, you start talking about it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And some of us, if we're honest, we've been trained to speak negatively. Some of us, we've, been grown, we've grown up in some negative environments. Are you hearing me? Where you've heard some things and you've been spoken to and, you know, well, you, how many of you ever heard something like, well, you're going to be just like your mom? Oh, you're just going to be just like your daddy. Oh, you know, you, you, things are never going to change. It's always going to be the same. Well, if you're speaking that, more than likely you're going to have what you what? Say. But if you're believing God and you want God to move, how many know that we got to, listen, we got to renew our minds. And as we renew our minds, we'll begin to talk differently. We'll begin to think differently. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? So I want to talk about the importance of words. So I got three points I want to cover and I'll be out of your way. The importance of your words is one point. And then I'm going to talk about how negative words impact your faith. And then I'm going to talk about the importance of speaking what you believe and what you want. Let's talk about the importance of your words. Proverbs 18, 21. This is probably one of the most powerful scriptures in all the Bible. I mean, it's, it's probably one of the shorter verses, but I can't think of more power in a verse than this verse. This verse is amazing. But listen to what it says. And Proverbs 18, 21 says this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Hear that. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, now, now understand something. How many know that, that you can speak death or you can speak life? You have the choice. I said earlier a moment ago that many people I've seen over and over again, they speak death to their prayers. And we're going into a season where we're going to be praying and believing God. And how many know that it's important that when you pray and believe God, that after you get off your knees, that you keep saying what you believe? That you don't undermine what you just prayed by speaking, well, I don't know. Well, a minute ago, you said you believe God. Well, God, you know, I, I, I thank you, Lord, that my kids are going to do well and they're going to succeed. Well, I don't know what to say about my son and my daughter. Oh, you, you know what to say. You already prayed. You believe God, right? Then speak. Some of you, you how many of you ever heard the, the terminology, uh, the phraseology, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? How many know that is one of the biggest lies? One of the biggest, it, it, it is one of the biggest lies I've ever said. Let me tell you something. Words oftentimes hurt more than physical injury. Some of you right now, if you're really honest, your life has been shaped by what was said to you. And, and, and if it's negative, you're still trying to disconnect yourself from some of it because words have power. Everybody say power. So we can speak life. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, that you will provide. Come on, somebody. Lord, I thank you that you're going to fix my wife. How many of you want? Husband, you want your wife to be fixed. Why do you want your husband to be fixed? Sometimes you just got to speak that thing. You got to keep saying it. 
And I know sometimes it's hard because you're looking at it. And you think, oh, God, that, that, oh, God, is it always going to be like this? Don't tolerate it. How about you speaking what you want? I've seen more people say negative things, and then they pray and, and can't figure out why their situation have changed, haven't changed yet. Because our tongue has weight. It has power. And so we want to speak life. Well, Lord, I thank you that you're going to fix America. God, I thank you that my children, how many got children though sometimes that's a little bit rebellious? Come on. And, and, and boy, and they keep you on, parents, do they keep you on your knees? Say amen. Oh, hallelujah. They keep you praying. But you may say, well, look, 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 well, well you know, you, can, you have the choice. You can sit back and you can say, well, son or daughter or whatever, you know, God, I, I, I just hope it works. Or you can begin to declare the word of God. You will be godly. You will be holy. You will fulfill your purpose. You will be an outstanding man and woman of God. You will be everything that God called you to be. And I'm going to declare it over your life. I'm not going to speak death to my situation. I'm going to speak life. It's in the power of the tongue. James, look at James. Go to James real quick. Go to James chapter number three in your Bibles. Come on, run there. James chapter number three. And I'm going to start reading in verse number five. Even so, the tongue is a little memory. Everybody say little. The tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is, watch this, the tongue is a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. Listen to this, church. And it is set on it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. You see, there's a double standard there, see? With one minute, we're blessing God. Oh, God, I bless you. And the next minute, we're cursing men. Come on. How many know that ought not be? That's what the Bible is saying. Out of the same mouth, verse 10, proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bring olive, bear olives, or grapevine, bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Now let's kind of break this down a little bit. So the tongue is a little member. But how many know that that tongue is powerful? <laughs> that tongue is little, but that tongue, that tongue is powerful. And, and, and the Bible says it is a fire. Now, 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 looking at fire from a negative point, you know, fire has the capacity to hurt, don't it? Fire has the capacity, it can spread. Fire has the capacity to destroy. How many know this thing you got in your mouth is a loaded weapon? You know, when I was, uh, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm ending my, my police career here short, uh, shortly, and one of the things that they taught us in the police academy when they first gave, I'd never shot a gun before in my life, uh, before I became a policeman. And they had a bunch of rules when they was talking about a gun. 
And they begin to say, you know what, you, you got to handle the weapon, you know, as it's, like it's loaded all the time. That you never, ever point the weapon at somebody unless you intend on shooting it. You know, you know, handle with safety, handle with care. And we have all these rules. And the reason why, because that thing is powerful. And how many know that even to this day when I handle a gun, I handle it very carefully. And listen, even when I know there are no bullets in it, I still handle it with care. How many know that you need to handle your tongue the same way? The fact of the matter is that many of us are far too loose with our tongues. What, and one of you, what, oh, you ever heard this? Oh, 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 God, oh, you know, I'm, 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 I almost said something. I, I better not. Yeah, you better not. <laughs> That's usually a warning. <laughs> because once you release that thing, come on. It's going to, listen, you reap what you sow. Once you throw that thing out there, you can't get it back. Come on, somebody. So the tongue is a fire. It can spread, and what? It can, it can produce life, or it can produce death. This is why I don't like negativism so much. This is why I got a problem with negative speech all the time. This is just me. I mean, how many know that after a while, that thing, you start sticking around negative speech, it'll jump up on you. Come on, how many of you have ever been around negative people? And after a while, before you know it, you wake up one day like, man, I'm, I'm stuck in them. I'm negative. Boy, the sky is always gray. Sun ain't never shining. But how many of you know if you believe God, you got to speak life? Listen, listen, I'm not going to speak negative. I, I know what it looks like, but can somebody say, I'm believing God? Hmm. You remember, uh, I don't have time to turn there. For an example, uh, you remember, and this is in Joshua, uh, and I'm sorry, in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. Some of you may remember the story, but, but uh, uh, I believe, uh, who was it? It was uh, Joshua sent the men over to spy out the land. And he sent over 12 men. Boy, and how many know God had already told them? I'm gonna get, how many know when God, have got, when God had already told you something, you better speak it? God said, I'm going to give you the land. So they go over there. And they see how beautiful the land is. Man, all these big grapes, the grapes are so big and luscious, they look like apples. They came back, man, and said, oh, yeah, surely, I mean, surely the land, 10 of them, here, 10 of them, 10, everybody say 10. Yeah. 10 of the 12, oh, oh, you know, the, the land was beautiful. Boy, surely, surely, just like God said. The land is flowing with milk and honey, and the grapes are huge and luscious. But, 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 but there's a little problem. There's some big old giants in the land. <laughs> and they, they got the boys and sons of Amnak there. They got some giants in the land. And, and I don't think, and, 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 and you know, and before long, watch this, church. Go back and read it. It's in, it's in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. Before long, all the, con- all the people who hadn't even engaged the enemy yet, you know what they were doing? In chapter 14, they started crying. <laughs> oh, God, you have to, why you bring us all the way out here to kill us? Have anybody ever felt like that? You find yourself in a valley and you're thinking, God, why? How many know that if, when God, in order for God to bring you in, he got to bring you out? And sometimes to bring you out, you're going to have a couple of speed bumps along the way. How many got some speed bumps in your life? All right? So here they go. And, and, and before you know it, 
the congregation is crying. They're weeping. God, let us go back. We ain't going to make it. And, and before long, and God got upset. But everybody say Joshua. Joshua and Caleb, the Bible said they had a different spirit. You know what, you know what, you know what Caleb said? When they started talking, Caleb said, oh, let's go up and take it. He said, we about, so by all means, let's go take the land. Let's, let's go. If God said he's going to give it to us, he's going to give it to us. Let's go. And the Bible says that God got so angry at all the other people. And God said, God said I'm going to I'm have to kill some of them. And they ain't gonna never, they're not going to see it. But Joshua and Caleb, everybody say, different. They had a different spirit. In other words, they released faith in the atmosphere. They were speaking about what God said. They were believing, God, that it was going to happen. They weren't speaking doubt. They weren't speaking unbelief. Their thing was, how many know that no matter what you're going through, you ought to speak life? How many of you believe God got a plan for your life? Can I see your hand? How many of you really, how many of you really believe that God is in control of your life? That if you really believe it, speak it all the time. Don't, don't listen to the voices in your head. How many know that the devil is a liar? The devil always going to lie to you, tell you, well, you ain't going to make it. You ain't going to make it. God has forgotten it. That devil is a liar. God has not forgotten his kids. The Bible says that every hair on your head is numbered. How many know God is all-knowing? There's nothing that God don't know. But how many know he's taking you someplace? How many believe God is taking you someplace? He is taking you someplace. He was taking the children of Israel someplace. But watch this. But you got to release faith in the atmosphere. And let me tell you something. And the whole move of God was stopped for a moment. Watch this. Because the people were speaking doubt. One minute they were dancing. You remember they were dancing when God brought them out of, out of Egypt? They were celebrating with the tambourines. They were dead. Then all of a sudden, when they get a little bit of, get a speed bump, all of a sudden, oh, oh God, what you oh God in for? Come on, just give him praise. Just say, God, I thank you, Lord God. Yeah, it look rough right now, but God, I know you got a plan, plan for my life. I know I'm coming up out of here on the other side. And watch this. I'm going to keep speaking it. But brother, why, why, you keep, why are you talking like that? And I'm looking at your situation, brother, because I'm, not, I'm not into that. Because watch this. Because if I speak wrong, then I hinder the move of God in my life. If I speak doubt and unbelief, I know God can't respond to that. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying this morning? So the Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, for an example, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. All right? Get that. A good man of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil, for out of the abundance of the heart, watch this, the mouth what? Speaks. So what? So if I'm going to speak right, how many know I got to think right? Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? We can't bombard, bombard our mind with the, with the ideals of this culture. How many know after a while, you'll start letting your guard down? Some things you said you would never accept all of a sudden because culture accepting them, you will start accepting them. Because that now become a part of your heart. And now you're speaking things that are not, that are contrary to the word of God. How many know that when we speak, we got to speak the way God wants us to speak? Are you hearing me? So if I'm going to speak, so my words are so powerful that I got to make sure that I'm guarding my heart. What am I getting into my spirit? See, this is how my faith grows. I got I to I listen. Some things you got to get out of your spirit. 
And, and look, there's some people you got to get away from. Some of y'all don't like that, do you? You know, sometimes there are some folk that are just so, they got so much negative energy. You just got to separate. Now, listen, I'm not saying you don't love them. You just got to love them from afar a little bit. I love you. But I can't latch on to that negativism. And every now and then, this is why I love the presence of God so much, because it allows me to, 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 to stay focused. Everybody say, stay, stay focused. It, it allows me not to be dragged down with a, with a bunch of negative talk, because I got too much work to do. Come on, somebody. And God, listen, God is calling me to something great. And I believe, and I'm just going to keep speaking, and I'm going to surround my atmosphere with people that's going to talk right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Matthew 12, 36 and 37. Now, this ought, this ought to scare all of us. Listen, listen to this verse. It says, Jesus said this, But I say to you that for every idle word that men may speak, watch this. Now, we're talking about the fact your word has power. They may give an account. They will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your, watch this, church, for by your words you will be justified. Do you hear that? And by your words you will be condemned. Don't tell me your words are not important. Don't tell me that your words are not important. The fact that God's going to judge every word. Everybody say every word. Every idle word. You know what idle means? Every small word. Everything you say out of your mouth. Watch this. When you're around people and when you're, listen, the things you say behind closed doors about people. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something right now, folks. How many know God is for real? And God knows our hearts. And God checked me a long time ago. God said, listen, God said to me that if you want me to move, you got to keep your mouth off of God's people. God had to say this to me. Why was that important? Because sometimes God's people work your nerves. I say that with great love. I'm sure, you know, y'all can identify with that, right? I mean, we do. We work. And so one of the things God has, I had to listen. I had to not only stand before you and preach faith, but listen, when I'm behind closed doors, I got to watch my speech because every idle word. So my faith is being impacted by the things that I'm saying. And because God goes with you everywhere, how many know you can hide from me, but you can't hide from God? God listens to your conversations, your, your conversations in your bedchamber. God, I mean, no, God hears everything. There's nothing that he don't know. So watch this. So why, I don't want any of that stuff to affect my faith. So that's something I got to get out of my spirit. And I have, listen, I have to have an attitude to say, I want to say the right things about people. And if you don't have anything good to say about people, I mean, you, you figure it out, all right? James 1.19, how negative words will impact your faith? Point number two. It says, be slow to speak and quick to hear. <laughs> uh, hey, well, you ever wonder why the Bible said that? It says, so then, my, my brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Up, up. But slow to speak and slow to wrath. See, he's telling us to be slow to speak. You know why? Because what you say, you better think about it, it has a lot of weight. What you say can change a person's life for the good or for the worse. So he says be, so watch this, he said be slow. 
Everybody say slow. slow. Be slow to speak. How many know wise people are really slow with their tongue? And all of us, and, and all of us, and even myself, we can all do better in the department of listening. Come on, somebody. We can all do better with listening. You be slow to speak because it's important. Be slow to speak. I mean, you, you got it. You know, uh, God don't want you to do that. He don't want you to be quick with the tongue. How many of you have been quick with the tongue and got yourself in trouble? You've been really quick with it. You couldn't hold your tongue. And then you tell the, you tell the Lord, Lord, they made me say it. I couldn't help it. You know, that's a lie too, right? You know, you're accountable to control yourself. And I, listen, I couldn't help it. Ain't going to listen. That don't satisfy. Another thing that will hurt our, listen, another, another thing that will impact our, our faith, making sure that we're speaking the correct way, is, is murmuring and complaining. Now, I don't have this, I didn't give him this verse, but just jot this verse down. Numbers chapter 11, verse number one. It says, now when the people complained, I'm just going to tell you this verse, write it down. When the people complained, everybody say complain. When the people complained, it displeased the Lord. For the Lord heard it. And his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them in the camp. In the camp. So when the people complained, guess who heard it? Now listen to me. Some of us got situations going on in our life right now. You don't really like them. Come on, somebody. I mean, honestly, can we be real? Can we talk? We all got some situations going on, man. And, you know, I don't like it. I, I don't like that I'm having to go through this. I don't like the fact that I got to struggle. I don't like, Lord, I don't like the fact that my kids, I, I don't like my living conditions. Lord, I don't like the way they treat me. Lord, I don't like the way they talk to me. Lord, I don't like the way my husband do. I don't like the way my, I, I mean, we all got that going on, everybody in here. But do you not know that you're never allowed to complain? God don't want you complaining. The Bible says, in fact, some of you don't, you don't, you don't believe it. So Philippians 2.14. I want you to turn that, turn that verse real quick. That way you, you know I'm not telling you a fib. Philippians 2.14. How many of you love the Bible? I love the Bible. Because some of you right now, you're thinking, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, Pastor. I can complain a little bit. No, you can't. They got a song. Somebody, somebody got the revelation. They made a song. I won't complain. How many of you ever heard that song? Some, some, somebody got a revelation. I ain't going to complain. I'm just going to speak faith. I'm going to believe God. Look at this. The Bible says Philippians, is it 2? Philippians? Oh, oh there it is. 2.14. What does that say? Let's all read that together. Right on the screen. You ready? Nice and loud. Do all things. Come on. I said it again real loud. Ready? Go. One more time. Get it in your spirit. All right, can I ask you a question? What does all things mean? So, th so think about your situation. What stopped God from moving? The children of Israel, how many know that they probably had a, and listen, let's be honest. I mean, if you've been coming up out of the wilderness, come on, somebody. Look, look, if you're coming up out of Egypt and you're going through the wilderness and your kids are screaming and crying because they don't have enough food 
or because the conditions are not the way they think they ought to be, and the kids are tugging on mom. How many know that the children, that they might have had a good reason to complain a little bit? Hold up, God. We want some meat. <laughs> you know, that was one of the complaints, right? We want steak. We don't want the much. That manna from heaven you're giving us, that's getting old. We want T-bone. Steak, ribs, barbecue. <laughs> that's what we want. So, listen, when you really look at their life, they probably had a good reason to say, Lord, wait, wait a minute, God. But God, listen, the Bible said God, God heard their complaining. It, it displeased the Lord, and God was going to send a fire through the whole camp. He said, don't you dare. Don't you dare complain to me. You tell me on one end you trust me. On the next minute you're complaining about what I'm doing in your life. You better trust me and speak life. Do all things. Everybody say all things. Now, many of us don't, don't complain outright, but boy, it's that murmuring thing. <laughs> it's that attitude. Everybody say attitude. You know, God sees your attitude of murmuring too. So we got to change all that. Why? Because we want to, listen, we want to have an atmosphere where God can move. So I need to get negativity out. I need to begin to speak faith. I need to begin to speak life. I need to begin to speak the things that I want and I believe in God for not just sometimes, but all the time. Then I'll get my victory. I don't want to undermine my blessing. Anybody hearing what I'm saying today? So listen, I'm not going to complain. Make a decision. Make up in your mind today. I don't know what everybody's going through, but make up in your mind today. Say, you know what? I'm not going to complain no more. Now, you can pray about it. Just don't complain about it. Is that okay? All right, that's a hard word. Some of you, but you still trying to say, show that verse again. Show, show that verse again, brother. Show it. Because I want them to lay eyes on it. Now, some of you are going to go, can you show it? Can you go back? He can't go back? Uh, there we go. Now, I want to look at it again. Now, some of you say, well, I'm going to go back home and exegete and look at that in the Greek and the Hebrew, and I'm going to try to tear that up because I, I got to be some wiggle room in there. I, I'm just saying, I already did the work for you. Do all things. Do all things. Don't complain about nothing. Be thankful in all things. The Bible says be thankful in all things. Right? Because I don't want to undermine what God's doing in my life. So watch this. So, so lastly, uh, have a few more minutes. The importance of speaking what you believe. Look at this. Mark chapter number 11, verse 22 and 23. We kind of referenced this verse a couple of weeks ago, but let's, let's do this again. He says, now watch this. Have faith in God. Does anybody have faith in God? For truly I say to you, watch this, church. That whatsoever, that's what, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, everybody say, say. That whoever shall say, whoever shall say, all right, you getting it? Whoever shall say, all right, speaking to your situation, speaking to that poverty, speaking to that doubt, speaking to that disease, speaking to that rebellion, all right, come on, speaking to that sin, you see, speaking, what, listen to me, whoever shall say unto this mountain. See, everybody got a mountain of a problem, right? Mountain represents your problem. Mountain represents your challenge. Mountain represents an obstacle. Are you hearing me? Say amen. He said that whoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be thou cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Watch this, church. But shall believe, believe that these things which he saith shall come to pass. 
Watch this. That those things which he saith. I'm reading the King James Version because I like that King James Version right here. That those things which he saith or says shall come to pass. Watch this. And he shall have whatever he what? Say. So here's the question. What are you saying? Perhaps, is it, is it? Could it be possible that the reason why your breakthrough is not happening because you're saying the wrong things? You're constantly undermining what you believe in God for. How many know that if you really believe God, you'll start saying what you believe? If you really believe him. How many say, I really believe God? Then start saying it. Start declaring it. Don't believe your situation is never going to change. Listen, as long, I always say to people, you know, how many of you got people in life you feel like, man, ain't no hope for them? I'm going to tell you something. You never know what God to do. There's, listen, there's always hope in Jesus. Come on, church. Am I right about it? So this brings us to our last point, our, our, our last verse here in Ezekiel chapter 37. So watch this, church. We're going to close it with this. So you see, now let's go back. Let's go back to Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven. Look at this. Now, this is why I love this this verse, this particular passage, because God says basically to Ezekiel. He says, "Now Ezekiel, now I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of paraphrase. Um, he first he brings Ezekiel in the valley, right? A bunch of dry bones. In other words, there's a place of no life. It's just dry. Nothing is happening, and God." Sets Ezekiel in the midst of all that. How many know that God, for some of you, God may have set you in the midst of all that. Maybe you're sitting here in the midst of a place. It just seems like, man, nothing is really changing in my life. Things just seem to be stuck. I mean, it seems like, man, I'm, I'm just trying to move this thing, move the dial forward. And, and you're looking around and you're saying, oh, God, what is this? He brought Ezekiel right into that place. He said, Ezekiel, what do you see? Oh, God, just death all around. I mean, God, I ain't no hope. And, 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 and then God, then, and then God asked Ezekiel a question. In verse number three, God says, Ezekiel, I got a question for you. Can these bones live? Now, first of all, y'all, if y'all know God, whenever he asks you a question he know he already knows the answer to, you know you're being set up. You know, you know, when Jesus said, when he, right before he got ready to feed the 5,000, you know, he asked them, so, hey, hey, my brothers, where are we going to get food to feed all these people? Y'all know Jesus already knew what he was going to do. It was a setup. See, oftentimes God asked us the question. He was asking Ezekiel because he wanted to stare his face. And I can hear God saying to you right now, brother, sister, can this situation turn around? Can these dry bones live? Can, can, can you revive my relationship? Can, can you bring me, can you, can you provide for me a, a, a place? Or, or a God, could, could, you, could you bring about deliverance from my son and my daughter? And, and you're looking at that, and God is saying, do you believe me? That's a prophetic word for somebody right here, right now. That's what God's saying. God said, do you believe me? Can, can, do you believe that this situation can turn around? And then he says something else to him. He says, now, of course, Ezekiel said, 
Lord, you know. Now, I don't know what that means. <laughs> was Ezekiel saying, Lord, you know, like, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, Lord, you know, Ezekiel just, maybe he was just afraid. I don't want to say anything because I might say the wrong thing. I mean, how many of you know sometimes when the presence of God is so strong, you don't want to mess it up? You hear what I'm saying? So, so, so he, said to, he said to Ezekiel, prophesy. Everybody say prophesy. See, prophesy simply means proclaim, to speak, right? He said, prophesy to that situation. In other words, don't settle, but speak to it. Speak life to it. And I want you to understand something, that if you go back and read that passage, that nothing happened until Ezekiel prophesied. Because there was a place that he dry bones, he dry bones all there, and nothing happened until Ezekiel opened up his mouth and began to declare some things. I, I will hasten to say that some things are not going to happen in your life until you begin to speak words of faith. Until you begin to speak over your situation. How many know there's power in the name of Jesus? I said last night that many of us were declaring words of faith. We were declaring, releasing that into the atmosphere because we knew that if we release that and we keep saying it, that at some point, change is going to happen. Ezekiel prophesied to it. So, boys, look at verse number four. So, again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. That's how you got to speak to your situation. Hey, the word of God said, Lord God, the word of God said that you are Jehovah Jireh. The word of God says that you are my healer. The word of God says that you are my provider. The word of God says that you are Lord over all. So listen, hear the word of the Lord over your situation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You got to speak it. He's a prophesy. Prophesy, brother. He's a prophesy to these bones. And look at this. Watch this. Look at verse number number seven. Number seven. So I prophesied as I was commanded. How many know God is giving you a word this morning? How many know you need to do what God said? I said you need to do what God said. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. Everybody say a noise. And suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them yet. So what am I going to do? So sometimes, some of you have been prophesying, and, and, you know, there's been, you know, maybe perhaps there's been a little, some little movement, right? But, but, but it ain't happening quick enough. Come on, somebody. You know, it ain't happening fast enough. Anybody else know? God, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. So what do you do when you prophesy and it seems like there's a little bit of a thing? So what do you do? You know what you do? You prophesy again. You speak to it again. How many, how many know you got to be tenacious? You got to be tenacious. And then it, it says, watch this, watch this, in verse number nine. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath. He said, he said prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. Watch this, verse 10. So I prophesied. As he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. How did that happen? They spoke it. He opened his mouth, and he began to declare. 
2 Corinthians 4.13 says this, as it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Watch this. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe, therefore we speak. Here's the question. What do you believe? Then right, watch this. After you, after you can figure out what you believe, ask yourself the next question. Have I been speaking it? Can I say something this morning? Your faith is important. God is moved by faith. But we got to give attention to what we say. Because what God is really saying this morning is that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So if I'm either, listen, don't be halt between two opinions. Decide whether or not you're going to believe God. And then walk in it. If you say you want God to do this in your life, believe it. Say it. Confess it. Every day. Confess it when you come to church, when you're talking to your brother and sister, and confess it when you're at home when nobody else is listening. Sometimes that means you got to walk the floor and talk to yourself. Keep hearing the word of God over and over again. Develop the faith. Develop the faith. And whatever you believe, speak. How many know God will change your situation? How many of you believe God will change your situation? So, so, so don't, don't settle anymore. Begin to speak faith. Begin to declare over your children. Declare over your family. Don't settle. Don't let the devil get you so discouraged that you give up. Don't settle. Speak and believe the word of God. Speak the word of God and your life will be changed forever. Amen. Every head is bowed.